Comedy Outsider Podcast. We're on the outside, not looking in. Hi folks, and welcome to Comedy Outsider Podcast. This is episode number 100. 100. Hopefully everyone's doing well. I am existing perpetually for now um let's see how how's everybody huh doing well surviving the pandemic i uh, hope you are wherever you are this is i'm tapping into eeyore for this episode just for this episode i'm tapping into eeyore Hi folks, welcome to Comedy Outsider. Is that just this episode or has it been my whole life, huh? The whole where's my tail act. Um I'm I'm not I'm not acclimated to this climate, folks. This whole climate of people expecting you to do stuff and um I definitely should be single. Well, wait a minute. I am. All right. That's a good way to start, right? Um, I'm. This podcast has always been sort of a, uh, you know, I I should have had a hundred episodes, like a year ago, probably. I don't know the math on that, but I started in 2017. It was supposed to be a weekly podcast. So, two years. 2019 sometime I should have had 104 episodes right and now it's 2020 and I just hit 100 so it's been you know there's been gaps it's all been a regular thing life gets busy um I've always I've wanted to do more podcasts with people with guests on but I just don't get the time to, unfortunately. But you know, I've got I've got so much more time, folks. And uh, went, I went through a, a breakup recently, like not recently, recently. Like I'm putting this out in August, and the breakup was over a month ago. But you know, it's like uh, what are the stages of? recovery from that sort of thing and like you know it's like having somebody you you care about die whenever you go through a breakup and obviously this is just my perspective on it it's different for everybody some people are used to it they're really good at it but this is only like the third actual relationship I've been in and I'm 34 so you know I'm not one of those people who, I don't know, I keep to myself mostly. I like to focus on the things that I enjoy doing. And um, I definitely am taking this opportunity to reevaluate my life and just bad decisions that I make. And like, I don't know, I hope every experience, good or bad, or neutral becomes educational. That's always my goal. So in this case, I'm um, trying to do my best to make it an educational experience for me. 
Um, but it's really crazy. Like, you know, like I said, I've only been in three relationships, so there's, it's very rare that I fall in love with someone like really, really fall in love with them. Like I, I have, I'll have a, have a crush on somebody. Um, you know, that's a thing, you know, there's like dates, one night stands, there's different levels of it, but to really fall head over heels, all the cliche things. And this last, uh, person I, I was with and in a relationship with, it was like that moment. Like I was literally sitting in a bar doing comedy and they walked in the door of the bar and it was like everything stopped around me. We made eye contact. I heard music. It was like fireworks in the background, doves flying. And it just, you know, it's like a total change in chemistry in the brain. Nothing functions quite the same. But I have to say, folks, of all, you know, um, I don't know, I, the good and the bad, there's good sides and bad sides of love, but I would I would say for sure, without any doubt, that love is my favorite mental illness of all of them, I have to say. Uh, there's a lot of mental illness out there in the world. Like yesterday I was at a um, gas station. No, maybe it was two days ago. It doesn't matter anymore, folks. But I was just there to get like a Powerade or a Gatorade. I guess I should represent Florida, right? I was there to get a Gatorade. UF, go Gators. We discovered the science on how not to die from sweating. And let me tell you, I needed it. I was, I have been so dehydrated, folks. If I sound a little bit more like a raisin on this episode, that's probably where my Eeyore, um, my Eeyore aura is coming from is my lack of hydration. Trying to stay hydrated these last like few days has been such a chore. And on top of that, you know, having such a physical job and of course like uh there's not air conditioning but there are swamp coolers and those are broken, so like uh it's like working in an oven and uh this is not a reference to uh you know, the Holocaust or anything. I wasn't going there with it and um Maybe you weren't either, and I shouldn't have even said that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm at zero energy, really, to be honest with you. I just knew this is probably my best opportunity to record because uh, I can sit here mostly motionless. Um, I'm going to actually lean back, I think. Let me see if I can pull this. Uh here my here's a fun game. Uh was that my chair creaking or my bones? Um Yeah. I'm I'm uh recovering from uh probably almost dying. I don't know. 
You know, when there's only been one, now that I'm reflecting on life and like decisions I've made, there's only really been like one really big time when I thought I almost died because of the sun. And that was in like second grade, I think, uh, where like we had recess and I didn't think about it. And I was just running around having a good time. And then walking back to class, everything started turning red. And, uh, I couldn't, I had to crawl up the stairs and, uh, my teacher just like the class, everybody just left me behind, but I crawled to class. <laughs> I got there and the teacher's like, what's wrong with you? You know, and I'm not blaming her. I mean, I'm sure she's dealt with so much bullshit from people over the years that she was just at the end of her fucking rope. And she was like. You almost died. I would have had one less student. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> I don't know. Not, I I, up, I I don't remember what happened. But when you're a kid, like you bounce back pretty quick. I don't know what happened, but after 30, like my eyes are going. I can't see very far away now. I used to have great eyesight. I used to be able to like see, like through things. You know what I mean, like Superman style. And now it's like if uh, I have a hard time reading street signs. Um, and I didn't really even notice it until uh, this last relationship I was in, not to bring up the past. But I was, uh, <laughs> you know, I was uh, walking with my significant other. And... Uh, there was a guy threatening to jump off the overpass here on uh, Vegas Boulevard on the 215, the interstate here, you know. And um, they had cops and everything. And at first we didn't notice why there was like 13 cop cars and two ambulances and all this other commotion going on. And then we realized uh, that there was a guy threatening to jump. And she was like, oh, yeah, he's got, like, a T-shirt on and jeans, and his T-shirt says so-and-so. And I was like, you can see that? Because, like, from where we were standing, which is probably, like, 50 yards away, to me it looked an awful lot like a bunch of cops were trying to corral a chicken into, like, some kind of, you know, cage or something. I don't know. Like, I couldn't really tell what it was. I was like, is that a chicken or... Some type of a sloth, maybe. And uh, my girlfriend was like, oh, no, you're blind, aren't you? And I was. And I still am. I don't even have insurance yet. That's how, like, messed up. Not to get political, folks, but here I go. So, like, uh, part of the benefits of this job I have, working, you know, my, my like, day job that I work at night, um, not only does it pay the bills, but I get insurance, right? But you have to f sign up. It's most people I think listening to this are going to be like, yeah, of course, that's how every job is. When you have insurance, you just, um, you know, they ask you, they send you a letter and then you have to fill it out and you send it back in with your options or whatever. Well, I didn't get the letter in time. I got the letter after the window of opportunity closed, so I don't get to sign up for insurance that they're already taking out of my paycheck. 
like I'm paying into the system already, right? But I don't get to use it until the next window of opportunity. Now, I wasn't born yesterday, folks. I wasn't even born in the last decade or two or three. But seems a little fishy to me. Seems a little bit suspicious, like they're hiding something from me. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's a bitch, you know. But there's I'm fortunate to even have that opportunity, I suppose, because I know some people, they work and they don't have insurance ever. It's not even an option. I'm trying really not hard not to yawn in the microphone. Oh, by the way, I hope the sound quality is good. I figured for episode 100, I should uh, try to talk into the microphone. And I'm using my actual equipment um, for recording. And I'm actually I'm excited because my friend and I, I have a comedian friend in Vegas that I met when I lived in Austin. She's really funny, really fucking cool. Um... She's lived like in Texas and and moved around, lived different places, and just happens to be living in Vegas now. And so um, we're gonna hang out some. It'll be cool to to hang out with another comedian who experienced some Austin. There's actually a couple people here that I'm I've hung out with in the Austin scene. So that's always fun. Should get more uh, Florida people out here. I think probably now that uh, the, all these people are leaving California, uh, you know, a bunch of bunch of comedians and just people in general are are leaving LA at least, and probably California in general. I don't know for sure, but it's um, it seems like there's gonna be a period of time when like a bunch of people leave. And then rent will go down. And, uh, like, I don't know. I I think, you know, there's different ways to look at it. And um, people talk about, like, New York City is, like, uh, dead now. It's not going to come back and all this stuff. But people quickly forget how there's, like, life isn't this static stable thing like we constantly go through changes our own personal bodies our minds you know every what is it every seven years our skin cells and our cells in our body are um, change right something like that and uh so i don't know i i think uh these places some of these places like new york city will bounce back and they might go through a change like um they might have rent prices drop and get a little bit more culture into some of these like richer areas that have been sort of just like d you know what is it salinated <laughs> i don't know what they um that's not the right word but they just go in and they strip the personality and the culture out of some of these parts of the city and they make them look all the same everywhere you go, like every city. Sort of like when a Walmart or something moves in, 
and you lose all your small businesses in the area because people just go to Walmart. And there's so many areas of cities that I've been to that I've actually seen it in when uh, an area goes from being like a cheap rent and everything to property values rising, people move in. It's usually like what gay people move in. Like there's a cycle of events that needs to happen. Gay people move in, they class it up, property values rise. And then, um, people with lots of money move in and clear out all the drugs and the parties and the good times. And then you're just left with a whitewashed, sometimes literally, (laughs) uh, you know, high, uh, value area, but it's just very, I don't know. There's like a Chase Bank and a, you know, Whole Foods. Oh yeah. South Park did a whole season about this. I'm sorry. Wow. Well, just watch that season of South Park, whatever season it was, two seasons ago, three seasons ago, a hundred episodes ago, probably. Anyway. That shit will happen again, and then it'll bounce back. But I think a lot of, you know, a lot of people are going to be leaving uh, just for for the amount of, like, the cost of living um, alone, I think, is going to be tough whenever you have, like, uh, like, I don't necessarily want to be living in Vegas. I would love to live by the beach again because I grew up. Uh, in Florida, and I grew up on the beach, you know, so I have had thoughts of moving to Arizona because it's cheaper there than even where I'm at now, but it's further away from the beach, and I know there's lakes, all right, you don't, no, not even close. To me, the beach is something that I can get I can die, all right? If I go out in the water in a lake, I sure I could die. One of my distant relatives, Johnny Burnett, he died in the lake. I bet you didn't know that about me, huh? Famous relative, Johnny Burnett, died at the age of 32. Some have claimed one of the founding members of Rockabilly Music, Johnny Burnett and the Rockabilly Trio. His brother was Dorsey Burnett. Dorsey Burnett's son, Rocky Burnett, has an album out uh, with a song on it, I believe, called Clowns from Outer Space. The entire album, which I own on vinyl, is a uh, sort of a a cocaine, 1980s cocaine paranoid trip. And I definitely recommend you listen to it. Album cover alone is worth it. Uh, But Johnny Burnett, he, he drowned in a lake. He was out in Cali. Uh, fishing in a lake, got hit by a boat, capsized, couldn't swim, drowned. 32 years old. Grew up in Memphis, where my uh, Burnett family is from. What are you going to do, right? Another legend gone too soon. Although I have to say, he did sing that song, You're 16, which Ringo Starr also covered, among other celebrities, and we give these people passes. I mean, it wasn't like like everybody, you know, they call out Elvis Presley, obviously, Chuck Berry, all these great entertainers that were 
banging 15 year old girls like it was 12 bc you know like it was john not john john mary joseph uh mary and joseph you know i think john was the name of the archangel no that was michael anyway the point is that shit was going on biblical times for sure they've that's one thing they made sure to point out that and owning slaves and like, you know, lots of things that we've moved on from. But these motherfuckers were covering your 16 back in like the 80s. And I don't want to start a big, you know, load of trouble on this subject because I've already pissed off uh, quite a few people online by simply saying I find it repulsive. And I didn't even use the word repulsive, but I'm doubling down on it now. I said I find it gross when a parent kisses their kid on the lips. I didn't give an age range. I didn't say anything. I just think across the board, and then all these people came out of the fucking woodwork the pandemic we have nothing going on we're bored we're tired uh we're poor all the shit from the statue of liberty tablet the refugees came out <laughs> uh and they all chastised me like how dare you that's disgusting that you would say that you know it's just love you're sick blah 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 they all gave me things that people in nambla say which, if you're not familiar, NAMBLA is the North American Man-Boy Love Association. It's real, but it sounds like comedy, doesn't it? But it's real. And these people were all like, how dare you try to define love between a parent and a child? And it's like, that's that's not even, it, it's not, it's, listen, it's my own personal feeling on it. I think it's gross. I'm glad my parents never kissed me on the lips. Listen, Tom Brady, legendary Hall of Fame quarterback, Buccaneers quarterback, right? You know, big fan. I, I'm a, I've been a lifelong fan of the Bucks. I'm a, I'm an, and I'm a fan. I've been a fan of Tom Brady. You know, I grew up with Boston fans around me because I grew up in Florida. And a lot of people from the Northeast, you grow up in, in Florida and you don't, you, there are definitely other Bucks fans for sure in Tampa. And you meet those folks and they're cool usually. They're, usually they're really fans if you meet Bucks fans. There's not very many people that are like, except for when they, they won the Super Bowl that year. But typically, they're very dedicated fans. I have to say that. I don't have to, but I will. But it's true. And then, you know, you go, I'm sure there's going to be a lot more, you know, people that are excited for the team now. Way more people hate the team now. Anyway, the point is, I grew up with way more friends that supported other teams, you know, like Jets fans, Buffalo fans, Giants fans, Patriots fans. Uh, yeah, 
there's a whole cornucopia of sports fans in Florida. All right. So I grew up with diversity. You think that growing up in Florida as a white boy, that I was just eating saltine crackers all the time, sipping on uh, Sprite with with a fucking fishing line tied to my big toe, the other end of the lake, with a straw hat on and a string of hay in my in my fucking mouth. Well, I got other news for you, friend. Um, very diverse culture. Lots of delicious Cuban food, beautiful Puerto Rican women. I mean, it's a culture clash phenomenon, and I loved it. But the point is, Tom Brady kisses his kids on the mouth, and that dis- that's disgusting to me. But I don't hate Tom Brady, and I don't hate anybody that does it. But let me tell you, not only were people commenting on my post to, like... I know um, this one lady who just commented to let me know how she thinks it's fine. She does it all the time still with her parents. And she's like in her 20s. And then she's made sure to go, but I'm not getting involved in this. Well, it's a little late for that, isn't it, Meredith? Not that anybody in their 20s would be named Meredith, but I'm not trying to, like, call anybody out, really. And then there are people that were like, um, it's gross when you do it as an adult, you know? And it's like, at least it's not a child, though, you know? It's like, to me, it was all just about consent. Like, when you're a kid, it's the same as, like, like a lot of people would say you shouldn't beat your child, Right? Well, maybe you shouldn't kiss him on the lips either. Whatever happened to a hug? (laughs) And I'm sure there are people that are like, that's disgusting. How could you hug your child? And uh, those people uh, raised me. No, I'm just joking. I got lots of hugs. My dad, you know, it's like my dad, uh, who, by the way, like he passed away in 2017 and... uh, I have not, like, I miss him, but, like, I haven't really, like, had that moment of, like, damn, I really wish I could talk to him, other than, like, lately. Like, it it hit me earlier this year when the pandemic started and when the Bucks signed Tom Brady. Like, those are two times I would love to be like, what do you think about this, Dad? Cool, huh? And be like, ah. Uh. I don't know, son. I got no answers. That's what he was. <laughs> That's a classic, my dad. I got no answers, son. Yeah, me neither. Let's just uh, have a beer. I got no answers. I mean, he was honest about that, you know. He had no answers. And I don't either. So, what are you going to do, right? Um. Yeah. Yeah. So this is episode 100, and um, I really wanted to have um, an interview, a new interview for this episode, but I I haven't been feeling very well. Um, 
I don't have COVID or anything, but I am just the summer for some reason you know, I lived in Texas for years and the first summer in Texas. Oh God. Pardon me. Sorry. The first summer in Texas was a real shit show. 115 degrees, 118. I didn't have a car. I had to walk and ride the bus everywhere. It was a shit show. But for whatever reason, um, it just wasn't, I don't know, this dry heat. People talk about it like it's this beautiful thing. But I don't, I, I didn't grow up with living in a fucking hair dryer atmosphere, you know. I dealt with humidity. And it's a different beast. And people go, oh, my God, the humidity. You know, you can feel the sweat rolling down the back of your legs. Yeah. I know. Oh, it's gross. It feels like you're in a mouth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's called a sauna. All right. People go there to um, rehabilitate. They love it. It feels great. Like, have you ever had somebody yawn in your face? Welcome to the desert. That's what it feels like here. All right. Beautiful people. Anyway. It really is like lizard people though. Like I there I know there's lots of conspiracy theories about lizard people that control the world and that may be true. Maybe not, maybe I don't know for sure yet. I'm not that deep. But there are definitely lizard people that don't run anything, and I've met a lot of them. Um, the other day I met one. I started to say this earlier. I met one at the convenience store when I was going to get a Gatorade. No offense, Bobby Boucher, uh, but I need to rehydrate. Um, but, man, it was a long fucking walk for one thing. If my car wasn't so far away, parked so far away, I would have just, I would have driven. Um, and I immediately got back and I was like, I had no, I could, I could barely stand. That's how fucked up I am. All right. Maybe I'm dying. I mean, we're all dying, but at least I got this 100th episode done. Right. It's fucking shit show. It's all going good though. But I met a lizard person, uh, a desert dweller, if you will. And um, I don't know about you guys, but um, my one of the big perks about COVID-19, the pandemic and everything, this is a lot easier to just turn people down when they're asking you for shit, right? Um, like, I, I try to, like, help people whenever I can, but... I don't feel like it. I'm not going to. You know what I'm saying? And somebody else will, I'm sure, hopefully. But, like, this lizard person was like, hey, mister, can you get, can, can you give me a ride? And they're, like, sitting there licking their fucking eyeballs with their tongue. I'm, I'm just like, uh, no, sorry, I can't, you know. And in my head, I rationalize it because I'm like, you know, COVID-19. They're not even wearing a face mask. You know, they're... Who knows where they've been, who they've been hanging out with. They probably just got back from Wuhan. That's why they're so tired and out of breath. 
and I'm real realistically I'm just I'm like I'm just grateful to have a reason to say no because I don't feel like such a jerk now, right? Uh, but that was that was the story I was starting to talk to before I got all sidetracked. Classic comedy outsider podcast, huh? Um, by the way, too, we were talking about love earlier, huh? And uh, it's my favorite mental illness, but also I kind of see why people believed witches existed. Because if you were, you know, someone, in my case, a guy, right, walking along, you're like cutting wood and you're, you know, building up your horse, horse popular, like, (laughs) I don't even know how to talk like a man from that time period, building up your horse population, you're, you know, you've got your trusty steed and everything, and then you fall in love with some woman, right, and Everything shifts. All of a sudden, they become the emotional, um, you know, bully. And I, you know, take that however you want to take it. But you know what I mean. Like when you're in a relationship, the the woman is the one that is the meter for emotional. Every day is going to be how they're feeling. It's always based on how they're feeling, in my experience, anyway. So it's like, uh, you know, oh, how are you doing today, honey? I'm having a good day. We're going to have a good day. It's going to be great. How are you feeling? Oh, I'm cramping. I don't feel well. You know, I'm thinking about my dog I had when I was nine. It's like, oh, no. All right. Well, I'm going to go for a walk. (laughs) You're going for a walk? Why are you going for a walk? Because it's uh, got to clear my head because I've just I'm so congested with emotion right now myself. Um, vampires, that's what they call them. emotional vampires. Anyway, and I'm not talking about anybody in, in in particular. That's that's like the norm I think for like a relationship when you're if you're like me and you're just trying to make people happy there's going to be a lot of bad days because there's just no helping some people. Right. Um, and that's something that I've, I've had to learn as I get older and, uh, you know, just try my best and, uh, it's not always appreciated and, uh, it's not always going to be appreciated and it's not always going to be well accepted, but I definitely get, why people thought witches existed because I can see somebody, you know, with all their plans, all their, all their like ambition, falling in love out of nowhere, completely shifting their worldview, you know, and maybe it's, 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 you know, not right. I don't know however you say it to me. That's like falling in love. Like, yeah, it, it like pulls the rug off from under you. And I could see some somebody blaming it on the woman and calling it an incantation or a spell or something. She's a witch. She made me fall in love with her. I saw her curves. And I fell in love with her brain and the way that she smiles. Oh, God, it's happening. She's a witch. Um, but now we know that 
it's mental illness, right? <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> I think that's a good way to wrap this episode up. Let's see how much time we've done. Uh, all right, over 30 minutes. So, folks, um, I hope you've been enjoying this episode. Um, I wanted to, like I was saying, have a um, a new interview but I haven't been socializing very much. Maybe I will soon. I don't know. Um, but I wanted to, like I advertised this episode, words from all my previous guests. I'm going to attach that to the end of this. So there's going to be a little break, and then I'll record that segment uh, with the guest, words from all our previous guests. And um, thanks for listening, folks. Have a great gosh darn life enjoy yourself and uh thanks for listening to 100 episodes hopefully we'll do 100 more huh all right enjoy yourself bye okie dokie folks uh here we are at the interview segment of the episode 100 of Comedy Outsider podcast. Um, I've gone through all the people who have been on the uh, podcast, all five of them. Not bad, huh? Uh, And I have some words from each person. So without further ado, the very first guest uh, on... The very first person that I, I interviewed on this podcast was my dear, sweet mother. And here are some words from her. Her underwear was missing and her husband's Playboy's collection was all missing. <laughs> Riveting stuff. I know I was on the edge of my seat. Uh, the second guest on this podcast, keeping it in the family. You know me, I love my family. My dear, sweet, younger brother... I still haven't had my older brother on the podcast, but my older brother eventually will be on, I'm sure. But my younger brother, Matthew, brother Matt, we talked about football for episode number 40. And here are some words from him. Well, fine, I'm going with Kansas City because I think Andy Reid will finally get a Super Bowl so he can have seven more years of him puttering around Kansas City. Good call, brother Matt. That was a year before the Kansas City Chiefs did win the Super Bowl, but he knew what he was talking about, and Andy Reid will almost certainly be puttering around Kansas City for another six years or so. Good job, Matt. This next interview uh, is uh, this this fella, this friend, Simply Courtney, uh, was my first interview with somebody outside my family, ever actually. I had never actually talked to anybody outside my family before this moment in uh, 2017, I believe. Uh, I was, or 2018, I can't remember. But anyway, I had hosted a weekly open mic at Red Shed Tavern in Austin, Texas, which is unfortunately no longer there. Uh, but Simply Courtney was the dude that I wanted. I, I'm so happy he took it over. Uh Really charismatic, funny, funny dude. And here are some words from him. Simply Courtney. I'm on water. 
it was true back then, and it's true to this day, I'm certain. Simply Courtney, he's on water. Uh, sober person, one of the first sober comedians that I met in Austin who was just a genuinely good person and wasn't doing it to be like in your face about it. Uh, and during that interview, a we were at Red Shed Tavern in the patio recording when some drunk guy came up and offered to buy us drinks, and that was uh, Courtney's response. Uh, pretty classic moment, in my opinion, in my entire life, honestly. Uh, but love that dude, and uh, can't wait to see him again. He's on water. All right, and um, the next guest in the lineup uh, is a comedian who I believe is living in New York City now. Fancy city boy, Phil Parker. He's a creep from New Orleans. Oh, yeah. Classic Phil Parker. Uh, this particular person, he was, no, it wasn't me he was talking about, folks. It, even though I am from New Orleans originally. He's not talking about me. It was actually a, another comedian named Jimmy Tibbs who uh, I couldn't get through the 100th episode without talking about Jimmy Tibbs. And uh, the cl- probably the closest, the closest person I've ever met to a Jimmy Hart Mouth of the South character. And... Um, Everybody loved to hate him in Austin comedy uh, that I like. Not everybody, but a lot of people. But I had so many talks with that dude and uh, with Phil, too. Two people I generally uh, enjoy hanging out with. Very interesting characters. Um, Alrighty, for this next interview, one of my all-time favorite people in this world, Lisa Correo. Uh, I've been coughing a lot lately, and people look at me like I'm sick, but I'm not sick. It's just, I'm I'm just panicking. Me too, Lisa Correo. Me too. And uh, be sure, if you're ever looking for a, a really talented comedian, actress, just all-around great person... Wonderful cook, chef, amazing meals. I mean, just across the board, one of my favorite all-time people. Please check out Lisa Correo. Find her on Facebook. Uh, She's amazing. Uh, And now to the final interview. Uh, The fifth and final interview that I have done. Well, not final, but final so far is uh, with a comedian burlesque performer named Blue Amnesia, based out of Vegas. Uh, Very funny, very creative, has a very creative mind, and has a lot of talent. And I definitely recommend, if you find yourself in Las Vegas, look up Blue Amnesia. And um, here to wrap up this episode of the podcast, 100 episodes, baby is uh, some words from Blue Amnesia. Thank you to all my guests, and hopefully we'll have some more in the future. Have a great weekend, week, whatever, folks. Be safe, be healthy, enjoy yourself. Words.